Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Lisa Baker. And Lisa, I'm excited to talk to you. Your website absolutely grabbed my attention and terrified me at the same time. <laughs> well, I think that's the best compliment I've ever heard. What terrified you? Now I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, let's start with your bio. For those who don't know you, you're an online entrepreneur and you partner with influencers on a foundation of, and I love this phrase, radical human equality. When you're not doing online marketing, you volunteer at a free herbal foot clinic for people experiencing homelessness. I know we're going to have a, a fascinating conversation here, but first, for those who have not been to your website, you can find it at authenticpartnership.rocks. And I just want you to read the orange line at the top of Lisa's website. It says, let's talk to strangers. Let's start there. <laughs> so you help people with partnerships. That's terrifying for a lot of us, this idea of not only do I have to talk to adults, but I have to talk to adult strangers. So tell me how you got started in this. Oh, gosh. Well, so I sort of honestly, the partner marketing piece I kind of fell into. Okay. Um, I I was working in um, like content marketing, freelance blogging, and okay. I just I got an opportunity to become the JV manager uh-huh. and manage affiliate partner promotions okay. um, for you know one of the kind of well known internet marketing people. I try to avoid naming names, but um, <laughs> but it was anyway. So I was I was doing that um, for a couple of years. And, um, but at the same time, as it says on my website, I was volunteering a lot, particularly with programs serving people who are experiencing homelessness, which is something I'm really passionate about. Um, and after a while, I just started to feel, well, I, I start, at first, I really wanted to do the partner thing just because I, I love talking to strangers. I always have. I'm an extrovert. So for That's me, awesome. <laughs> yeah, just for me being a digital writer, I, I used to joke, I'd have to go to the coffee shop and talk to the barista for 10 minutes to convince myself to go sit and write because I, I found that very frustrating. So, you know, to be able to work digitally and still have all these connections with people was, that was an attraction for me. But, um, but I started to feel this disconnect because in my work life, I'm talking to all these internet marketing industry people who kind of think very highly of themselves mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, and, and, and it was just, there's a lot of hype in that industry, you know, like, Fair enough. So I'm, you know, so I'm like on these calls, like, Oh, you're doing great in this competition. You're going to win the Tesla, you know? And then I go from that to sitting at the foot of a guy who's been homeless, you know, chronically homeless for 10, 20 years hearing his stories about when was the last time he saw his kids and what it was like growing up as a black man in the South during Jim Crow. 
And, and so, yeah, I just felt this real disconnect and it finally came to a head a couple of years ago where I was, I was actually, one day I was hiking and I just met some random people and we were just chatting, having lunch. And they're like, so what do you do? And I was like, I work for the man, but I work for myself. Uh I'm the man. (laughs) I just felt very awkward and I realized I got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I kind of started just diving into a lot of philosophy, like my, my thoughts about mm-hmm. connections and relationships. And I, cause I knew there was something that I enjoyed about partnerships. Yeah. And, um, and so that was how I came up with the radical human equality. I realized that um, the thing that makes me passionate about helping people connect with influencers is actually the same thing that makes me passionate about talking to that homeless guy in front of the subway, which mm-hmm. is the fact that we are all human. And if we approach each other first as equals, that we can build a real connection, mm-hmm. even when there's all these differences of power and privilege. I love that. You know, uh, the title of your ebook was another thing that caught my attention. We'll tell people where they can go to find that, but it's how to grow your business and be a better human. And I think that to me is such an important concept because you're right in the internet marketing world, especially there is so much of that status garbage and, and a hype around things that really does more harm than good when it comes to connecting with other people on that, like just human level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I teach a workshop that's basically the same thing as my book. It's how to grow your business and be a better human. And um, my favorite thing after that workshop, you know, sometimes I'll get clients from it. Sometimes people will try my techniques and they'll connect with influencers. But my favorite thing is when they send me an email and they say, oh, my God, Lisa, I talked to the homeless guy that I always see at the gas station and I'm afraid to talk to him but because of your workshop I did and I bought him a sandwich and we had an amazing conversation and it was so it was so beautiful that is like and that's why I keep teaching it you know I'm just like yeah it's great if you can grow your business but like let's talk to people you know there's actually some really interesting studies too about how talking to strangers um, improves your lifespan and your quality of life. It makes you happier. Even if you just say hi to people at the bus stop or, you know, have a brief conversation with your barista, this kind of, that kind of thing actually improves your quality of life. It's social capital is what it is. And it builds that every time you have a conversation Love with someone, that. it builds that. Love that. You know, it's, it's so interesting because it's, it's so easy to, based on the labels we have for ourselves, put ourselves in certain boxes and never step outside of it. And that's the thing that's interesting for me and what you're saying is when you have those conversations with people who are out of your comfort zone, like a couple of weeks ago, a friend and I needed some work done and we hired a guy from the homeless shelter to come in for the day and work with us on stuff. And just hearing his story of, you know, here's the things that have happened in my life and here's how I ended up where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing to change it was such a great reminder for me of, first of all, we all are human. You know, we're all the same at our core and that labels do us such a disservice because we tend to think people are nothing more than a label. And something that really caught my attention about what you said a second ago was you didn't say people who are homeless. You said people who are experiencing homelessness. And it's such a little thing, but such a big distinction. And when we think about any label we've got, I am not depressed. I am experiencing depression. I am not broke, I am experiencing this financial challenge. I am not rich. I am currently experiencing financial abundance. When you separate yourself from those labels, you really have such a different perspective. So I just want to call that out and make sure that everybody heard that. 
Think about that, not just in terms of the people you see every day. Don't label them with something. Understand it's a temporary experience that another human being is having. And the same mm. is true of yourself. So I love yeah. the way you phrase that. That's, um, it's funny because that's like the kind of official proper way to talk about it now. Okay. Um, some of the guys that I know. I'm not PC enough to know that. that. Well, you would only know it if you're in the homeless service industry, probably. But what's funny is like a lot of the guys I know who are living outside, mm-hmm. they kind of mock it. They're like, oh, whatever. We're homeless. <laughs> like, but no, like, but the reality is, there's this is the thing that I always think about when I'm talking with people is like most people in America are one or two paychecks away yeah. from home. And so it really is something anyone could experience. And I mean, you know, it ha- like there's people who are chronically experiencing it. And then there's people who want, they lose their job. They, you know, I met a woman, you know, who like she was living in an apartment. She was a hairstylist. She lost her job at a salon. So she opened her own woman entrepreneur, you know, she's cutting hair in her house. Somebody broke into her house, stole all her supplies. She couldn't afford to buy new ones. And then she couldn't afford to pay rent because she had no income. And so then she was living in a shelter, you know, and this, this, I mean, it's, this could happen to anyone at a moment's notice. That's why the, the idea of this is an experience and it's one that could come to you too. Yeah. And that's why we have to be kind to each other, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I don't talk a lot about some of the experiences in my past, but at one point I was homeless while pregnant and slept in my car. You know, I've been there and sometimes we assume that the state that we meet somebody in is the state they've always been in. The, Mm -hmm. the, I think, fascinating connection and the pieces of what you do, both in terms of volunteering with people who are experiencing homelessness and in terms of network and partnerships is when we learn to build that network, we have something to fall back on. And that's the thing to me that's so powerful about it is once you know how to reach out and connect with anybody and have those conversations with strangers, you can get yourself out of almost any situation that you find yourself in that you don't want to be in. Wow. I never even thought about that. That's really, that's great. That's, that's true. That's really true. I have found over and over again, when I've been going through things in life and, you know, cause I didn't start out like super successful in business. It took me a while. I was not cut out for business and I had to work on it. And it really was my network and the connections I had that helped me to get to a place where I was stable and get to a place where I had a sustainable business. Um, so let's talk about the talking to strangers thing. Like for people who are hearing this and going, yeah, I, I want to build that network. Part of me wants to reach out and talk to strangers, but part of me is the terrified five-year-old. Um, where do you start to reach out and have conversations with influencers or with people that you don't know? How do you even decide who to reach out to? Oh, gosh. Well, deciding who to reach out to, that's kind of a bigger question. Maybe okay. we can come back to that. Sure. But, but the basic, to me, the basic foundation of reaching out to anyone really, but particularly in the concept, the context of business, of someone who you see as more powerful and influential than you, who could help you grow your business. Okay. Because that's really what influencer marketing is about, right? And that's why it's, it's kind of the flip side of talking to people experiencing homelessness, because then you're kind of on the powerful side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, if you aren't experiencing homelessness and if you maybe have a spare dollar in your pocket, right. you know, then you're the, you're the one with the power. But, um, but the core thing here is, again, to stop looking at people through this lens of power and influence and wealth mm-hmm. and instead to look at them first and foremost as fellow human beings mm-hmm. and then to turn around and look at yourself as a human being and then look at your business or your offer or whatever it is you want to partner about 
as something that has intrinsic value. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Influencers, people who are really influential, you know, people who have a big audience, people who are awesome, you know, who, who are good at having an influential business. What they care about is like, a lot of times people think, oh, you know, I need to pay them a commission. You know, then they'll, they'll, they'll really want to promote me if I can pay them a dollar per sale. I mean, that'll add up to a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. laughing because it's embarrassing, honestly. Like when people think this, you know, <laughs> they're like, but I can, you know, I, I, yeah, I had this one guy who was like, I can pay $50 per sale. I don't understand why I can't get a bunch of ad people to just make ads for me for free. I'm going to be making a thousand dollars per sale off of sponsorships but yeah and I was just like do you realize how insulting this is dude like it's not about money is my point so it's not about money and it's not about um it's not even about who you know and you know schmoozing your way in and them having heard of you before Mm -hmm. what it's about is having something valuable to give their audience because the really great influencers, what they want, the reason why they are influential is because they want to give value to their audiences. Mm-hmm. And so they're always trying to offer something valuable, teach something valuable, give something valuable, give something unique and interesting and powerful and helpful. And that can be a lot of work to come up with all of that. You know, yeah. you know doing a podcast, I, I don't yeah. have a podcast. I barely even blog because it's so much work to know to put all this together. I do emails. That's like really kind of the thing that I am consistent about. But, um, but you know, giving, especially a content-based business, you know, right. being able to provide consistent, valuable content to your audience is a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you can help an influencer do that because you have something truly interesting, valuable, unique, yeah. and helpful, then you're actually giving them something. You're not begging them for something. Yeah. You're offering a gift, which they may or may not want. It may or may not be a fit. You also right. don't want to approach with this, you know, arrogant attitude of this is awesome, you know, but, um, but you do want to approach with this mindset of, Hey, you know, this might be helpful for your audience. Here's why I think it might be helpful. What do you think? Could this be useful for you? I love that because that's the exact approach that gets my attention uh, because I do have a blog and a podcast and an audience that I have worked really hard. Like you said, content marketing and building and keeping an audience is not easy. You have to consistently create value. And so the thing that grabs my attention is when somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I see your audience likes this particular thing. This might be a great fit. I'm like, okay, cool. You're acknowledging that this is valuable to my audience because that's what I care most about is delivering that value. I can see why this approach works so well for your clients. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs, especially if they're new to this making, when they reach out? Because I know that's one thing that people always ask is like, okay, I want to avoid making mistakes, but I don't know where to start. Oh my God. So um, there's a bunch. Um, I'm going to focus on a couple of the most common ones. One of the biggest ones people do is they over explain and then they don't ask for something clear. Okay. So it's really tough because your business is your baby, right? And in your mind, it's this incredibly valuable, amazing, fabulous thing. Mm -hmm. So you reach out to an influencer and you're trying to explain why it's so valuable to them. And you're like, it does this and it does that. And also it it has shiny wings and glitter and it's a fairy unicorn. And oh my God. And then also this and that and the other. And it's overwhelming and confusing. And the confused mind says no. I've gotten those emails before and I've actually responded with, you know what, I would love to understand what you're sharing with me (laughs) and usually try to hop on a call or like try to clarify because I love the excitement and the passion, but if I don't understand what it is, my audience isn't going to understand either and I don't know how to share it. 
Right. And they feel like they need to give all the information in the first email. And that's a huge Mm. mistake. The goal of an initial cold outreach is to get the, get the influencer to say yes to more information. That's the other thing is they ask for too much in the first email. A lot of people will ask you to marry them on the first date with influencer. Yes. They're like, Hey, will you send 16 emails to your list about my wonderful thing? And you're like, the fuck slow down. (laughs) Um, That's like asking for a marriage on the first date. Right. So the, the first email is a first date. And what you want to do is not give them all the information. Number one, you want to intrigue them. So literally one sentence that's intriguing that makes them say, huh, I want to know more about this. I'm curious. You want them to be intrigued and curious. And then number two, you end it with a simple yes or no question that puts all the work on you and not on them. And that first question in an initial cold outreach should 99.999 times, it should be, could I send you more information? You know, I'm realizing this approach has been used on me and I think it's worked every time. If I can take two seconds and reply with a yes, that I'm not committing to anything yet. I don't know that I've ever said no to that. Right. (laughs) Why would you? If it's, unless it's just incredibly boring, you know, if someone's like, you know, it's just something that you- Well, it's just a bad fit. I mean, if it's a totally different industry then sometimes, you know, I have to say, well, this doesn't make sense. I don't think you did your homework. I don't say that. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but as long as it's a fit, yeah, that's great. Yeah. The, the key okay. here, again, is people, they feel like they need to ask for so much in the first email. And they, they feel like they need to give all the information so this person can make a decision. But that's not it. The first email, the first outreach is step one of a process that you're going to lead this influencer on and where you're both going to be determining whether it's a fit. It's a mutual thing where you're going to decide, do I like this influencer? And they're going to decide, do I like this thing that you're offering? And you're going to kind of talk about it together. But the first email, all you want to do is make them intrigued and curious. And well, first you want to demonstrate you did your homework. That's number one, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, dear first name, don't ever send an email like that. <laughs> I've, I've gotten those. I I love that literally start dear influencer. I loved your blog post. And then it says like fill in blog post title. I'm like, exactly. Exactly. I admire the smart choice of using a template, but come on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, just like write your template out first. Yeah. Use a template. Absolutely. But not like that. Um, usually, so usually my goal in the first email is to prove that this is not a mass pitch. And I do that even when I'm sending mass pitches. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, tell us more about that one. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, when I'm sending mass pitches, because sometimes I do use a template and I have like a merge field, but I create a custom merge field okay. and I write something very personalized about that influencer. Gotcha. So, you know, like, even if it's like, I, I love your red hair, you know, <laughs> I actually, yeah. one of my favorite examples of this, a friend of mine wrote an email where the, the influencer had just done a video about his beard and talked about how it was almost godlike. And, and so my friend, the subject line was, I want to worship your beard. And he got a reply in three minutes, you know, <laughs> so timely and personal and precise. Um, but so that's the first thing you want to prove that this is, that you want to prove you did your homework. Yeah, this, well, and, you know, I, and, and then you want to intrigue them and then you just make it easy for them to say yes to learn more. 
I love that that ties right back into that idea of the human connection with somebody, of looking at them as more than just, you are a walking number and cash register. I see you as a person. I see this cool thing about you, not necessarily even your business, but you and what you do. Yes, exactly. And I know you. I've paid attention. If someone is influential online, there's a ton of information you can find out about them. Like, stop them a little bit. You know, don't, you don't have to stalk them for three years and, you know, comment 16 times on their blog before you're allowed to email them. That's silly, yeah. but, but you should stalk them enough to know, you know, if they have like a secret name of their community, for example, you know, like th- that kind of thing, just the stuff, you know, if they have a joke, a recurring joke on their podcast, whatever, like you want to, you want to have enough that you can prove that you right. paid attention to who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And most influencers, you can literally find that in five minutes or less, either on their Facebook lives or on their Instagram. Exactly. When I'm, when I'm doing mass pitches, I can usually do everything from finding the website to, you know, find, finding a potential new influencer mm-hmm. to finding a personal connection to finding the right name and email address. It's about 11 minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> Now I'm very fast at it, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my like you know, 11 to 15 minutes is what I have. <laughs> that's good. That, that's helpful to know because I think a lot of times, especially when we're new at the game, so to speak, you, you think that's like this hugely time consuming thing. And a lot mm-hmm. of people avoid influencer marketing. Like I was just talking to my coaching clients this morning in one of my programs where they need to get affiliate partners on board to help promote their launch. And we're going through the micro launch process and, and I see these comments about being afraid to ask people for favors. And I'm like, no, wait a minute for people who do affiliate marketing. We want to get approached. We want Mm -hmm. you to tell us what you've got because we want to share valuable things with our audience. And Mm -hmm. if affiliate marketing is part of our model, it's how we make money. So it's a good thing. You're doing us a favor when you bring us cool offers that our audience will love. And I think shifting that perspective for people is really important because I'm usually on the other side of it where I'm being approached and I love when I get something that's a great fit. You're saving me time from having to go find something that's a great fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, really quick, a couple of questions. Um, what got you into, because it, it does seem like a bit of a dichotomy between working with huge influencers online and volunteering where you do. So what made you decide to make both of those priorities? Because that's one thing that I would love to see more people do, because I think it it really is so important for us to, especially when we've we've hit a certain level, to be able to turn around and go, okay, I want to give back and help other people hit this level too. So what made you decide to do that? Um, wow. You know, <laughs> the true answer is um, I, I, my passion is saving the world. Like I, you know, working with the big influencers, I, I, I enjoyed the game of it mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the bringing the human touch to it. But like the success piece of it is very like not exciting to me. You know, I'm much, I don't know. I'm just very motivated by, um, there's a, I took some like personality thing one time, just, just per, I'm motivated by like serving and helping. Like yeah. that's really my driving motivation. Um, so really it was because I could, couldn't figure out a way to consistently make money just helping homelessness. <laughs> I actually tried to start a nonprofit and that, um, okay. that collapsed. That's in, hard to do. 
absolute, oh God, it was the worst, it was the worst experience of my life. It was so bad. It, it just collapsed into total, burned into shreds. And, um, but I was like, I can't, I, I can't just leave that piece out of my work. It's too, it's too important. So that's why. I love that. I think it's, it's one of those things. Sometimes we think our business has to be that, that thing we're here to do and that passion. And it doesn't, sometimes the business is what serves it and allows you to go yeah. pursue that. Um, so I love that. Well, let's tell people where they can find out more about you. I mentioned your book, how to grow your business and be a better human for those listening. There will be a link somewhere near the video, the audio, wherever you're tuning in. It is learnpartnermarketing.com learnpartnermarketing.com. You can go there, grab a copy of that and take a look at what Lisa does and whether you may want to have a conversation with her about how you can work this into your business to help you reach more people, make a bigger difference. Lisa, what would you like to share with the audience in closing? Um, Yeah, well, talk to strangers. Talk to strangers, especially if they're different from you. It's, you know, and it's really, don't think of it as like, something where you're asking for something, think of it as an opportunity to give, you know? And, you know, the easiest way to do that, honestly, is just to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Just ask people questions about themselves. Everybody loves to talk about themselves. And that doesn't need to be scary because then you don't have to do the talking, you know? You don't have to impress people. That feels safer. All right, so you heard that. Your challenge is to go find a stranger and be curious. (laughs) Yes, Yes. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Lisa. And I look forward to having more conversations with you. Thank you. This was fabulous. Awesome. All right. For those of you listening, be sure to go to learnpartnermarketing.com and check out that book. I will catch you back again soon on another episode. Thanks for tuning in.